Hello, I'd like to welcome you to the Tower of Babbling podcast, where I'm helping you go from language curious to language confidence. My name is Keith Hayden, and as usual, I'm your host for today's episode. And welcome to this episode of the Tower of Babbling podcast. We're talking about writing. The title is Writing for Eyes and Learning Culture. Why what I call it Writing for Eyes? It's because I think as an advanced learner that you are, if you were listening to this episode and you've been probably studying this target language for a while. And when it comes to writing, you know, what I talked about in my first episode on writing in the intermediate chapter, why write, like why we should write, why we, sh- we should include at least a little bit, you know, of writing in your language study. So at this level, maybe it's time to take your writing kind of out of your your private notepad or that that document that you just, you know, kind of messed around with when you got just a strange uh, inclination to write and to get it in front of other people. I feel like that is what distinguishes a high level writer or a higher level writer, at least more writing confidence, because you're willing to get it out there. You're willing to expose your writing to people that you know, maybe, or maybe people that you don't know. If you're writing in a more public setting, like you're blogging or you're writing for a website or something like that. So I feel like writing is, I'll explain it in the reading, but I feel like writing is in a lot of ways, one of the easiest things to get better at because you can do it anytime. You know, you don't need, it's not like speaking or listening where you need some type of um, external input. You know, you need to be watching a movie or you need to have a partner to speak or things like that, or even reading, you know, you need to have something to read with, whereas writing, all you need is kind of a blank canvas, whether that's a blank screen or a blank piece of paper, even depending on, of course, what your language is. And if you can produce the script, then you can write anywhere, anytime you want. So I think that's a, a huge advantage of writing if you really want to get better. So if you haven't listened to the Why Write episode of this podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because I, I talk about some interesting things when it comes to, you know, typing versus writing should I learn the script you know should I practice writing by hand you know we, we I had all those discussions in that episode so if you haven't listened to that go back and listen to that this is just this episode is going to give you some advice on that like where places where you can get practice and more importantly get feedback if you're really truly learning to write then you probably have ambition to work in some type of capacity where you will need to produce written script. You know, you're, you're not just going to, okay, you can speak it and you move on. You know, you're going to need to be able to maybe write reports or write summaries, or you're going to need to be able to translate from one language to another. That's another place where writing often comes in. People need to get better at it. So this episode is definitely for you. And then I, I talked about learning. I want to talk about learning culture in this episode I'm not going to talk too much about it because honestly, I was reading through this part of the book before I started recording this morning and I was like, a lot of the information is kind of repetitive from earlier parts in the book and you will recognize a lot of it overlaps. You know, obviously we're getting towards the end of the book and a lot of it does overlap, but it basically adds a nuance to the language study, to the things you're already doing. This is kind of a bonus. I, I, I think of it as kind of a bonus to add on to what you were already doing. Just some things to look out for. I've mentioned it in a few other episodes and the listening episodes and the, the speaking episodes. But 
it's going to it's going to be particularly focused on learning the culture and I'll talk about why I think it's valuable to know at least basic parts of the culture you know obviously you're not going to you're not trying to unless you are you know married to somebody or you live with somebody you live in that country and you're trying to like really assimilate to this culture you're not going to get all of the nuances it's not really necessary but even if you're you know say learning this target language in a different country you're geographically separated from the culture that speaks this language i think it's nice to at least know a little bit about how they think how they look at the world and kind of their thought process so uh it shouldn't i don't think it's going to be a long episode but i i think that all the time and some of these episodes end up being almost an hour long so all right i'm just going to get started <laughs> if you'd like to follow along with the book you can go to my website keithhayden.net get an e-copy or hard copy there or you can just listen to me read the book and that's what i'm going to do now all right so let's get into the reading Action Items for Advanced Learners, Advanced Writing In my opinion, writing is the easiest aspect of language language learning to improve, and it's not just because I like to write. It's because writing can be done anywhere, silently, and without a partner. It usually doesn't cost any money to practice, and you can get immediate feedback on your performance by copy and pasting what you wrote into an online translator and seeing if that makes sense. Despite this, if you desire to elevate your writing skills to a higher level in your target language, you will have to improve your vocabulary and do more advanced and technical reading than you have done up to this point. And those are bold, bolded, improving your vocabulary and doing more advanced and technical reading. This is in addition to just writing more in general. Below are a few suggestions on how you can improve your writing even further and take it to a level that a high school or collegiate level educated native speaker would possess. And um, as an author or as an aspiring author myself, I guess I'm technically already an author, but fiction author, reading is so important to improving your writing. You know, they both really go hand in hand. And if you, you know how much I love reading, I've mentioned it several times. And if you listen to my podcast episodes on the reading rainbow, um, it will improve your writing so much because you, you see if, if it's not, if not just for the mechanics of the language, right, you're going to be seeing how the language is used by someone who's obviously published a book, whatever you're reading, and you're going to be exposed to new vocabulary and it's going to give you different ways to form your sentences and see how people express themselves in the written language. So it, reading, it, bottom line, if you want to get better at writing, you should plan on reading a little bit more. So hopefully you're already reading, but you're you're gonna be want to be more diligent about that. And then I, I made this comment about posting thing, copying pasting things into an online translator. And I this is a technique that I've been using uh, all the time. You probably use it too. It's really easy to do. Uh, translators are really just. <laughs> it's not like the old days where you had to you know go sit word by word and get a dictionary and painstakingly translate things it's not like that anymore most you can usually find google translate or a lot of websites have translators built in to the website so you can just translate it right in there so that's another good way to practice your writing because you're once again you'll even if you're copying pasting from your native language into your target language 
you're going to see the structure you're going to see how certain things form of course with the caveat <laughs> i know it i know some of you are thinking google translate's not that accurate blah 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 yeah i know that i know google translate it has gotten better I, i'll tell you that it has gotten better over the years it's still hit and miss sometimes but i think overall it's pretty good like if especially if you're not if you're just want the basics of the mechanics of writing you're going to be okay to use that and then i also use another tool called deep l translator this one i've been using for a couple of years and i found it to be in general more accurate than google translate but it has less languages it has more uh, widely spoken languages spanish is in there uh, russian is in there french is in there i can't think of them all off the top of my head i i only use the spanish one but it's a it's a strong uh, really strong translator and it can translate a lot at the same time. So tip it out. It's called deep L with a capital L Translator and I think it's a good tool. So let's get back to the reading the next the first device is to join a group forum online To practice writing consider joining a forum online that forces you to communicate in your target language With social media it is very easy to find a community on any platform of speakers that not only speak your target language, but have specialized interests as well. It could be as general as sports or as specific as fly fishing, but no matter what your interest is, there's probably a group out there for you. When you find this group, force yourself to write in your, in your language as much as possible when communicating with others. Pay special attention to specialized terminology or jargon. Those are both bolded specialized terminology or jargon that you, your chosen community uses and challenge yourself to incorporate those words into your writing. This will be key to solidifying them into your mind and into your writing. And it, once again, you know, I mentioned another uh, aspect of language learning that I talked about in detail, of course, learning vocabulary. Of course, if you want to write better, it's helpful to have more words to be able to pull from when you sit down to write. So this is an opportunity, you know, and, and I like forms because they, you know, you don't have to write a lot, but you can write a lot, right? You don't have to write very much to get the practice, but then you're also going to be getting instant feedback because, you know, if, if people can't understand what you wrote, then they're going to tell you like, hey, I don't understand what you're saying, you know, uh, but if they do, then you're going to be able to have a more detailed conversation. So I've, I've used forums. I don't use them as much anymore, but I've definitely used them back in the day um, when I was learning Japanese and I use it a little bit with Spanish too. So they're just a really good tool and you never know, you may, you may meet, you'll probably meet other people that share your interests depending on what you looked up. So the next advice is to write blog posts. Writing a blog post about something that in is interesting to you is a great way to publicly practice more advanced writing. There are thousands of websites that will allow you to write a guest post on their site or better yet, if you feel bold enough, you can start your own blog and write whatever you want on it. By publicly displaying your writing online, you will automatically become more critical of your work, which will force you to improve more rapidly than if you were writing for yourself. I personally use this technique to practice my Spanish writing on Medium.com. Medium is a blogging website that allows anyone to write blog posts and connect with other writers in the process. So basically, it's a social media site for writers. Although admittedly, all of my writing didn't have perfect grammar or word usage, it was enough for a few native Spanish speakers to notice and provide me with positive feedback. This greatly increased my confidence and made me feel like I could move on 
to even more advanced writing in Spanish, like writing a book. So, yeah, and this is what I was saying at the beginning. That's why this chap this episode is called Writing for Eyes, because this was a huge breakthrough for me when I started uh, writing on Medium and I published a few of those blog posts that that really helped build up my confidence. It helped um, just to get get it out there. And of course, I, I refined my writing as best I could. I checked it, <laughs> checked it twice. You know, I, I did everything uh I made, wanted to make sure it was as good as it could be. And I think they turned out pretty good. I mean, you can go and find those. They're still, most of them are still up. You can go to find me on at uh, KWHayden11 on Medium. And you can pull up some of my articles. There were even a few articles that I, I posted in Spanish and in English because I was trying to do both to allow people to kind of practice both languages. So that was a lot of fun. So the next uh, advice is to practice for a writing test. When's the last time you took a high school or collegiate level exam? A few months or maybe more than a few, in quotations, years. Whether it has been only a few months or decades since your last test, practicing for one of these tests is a great, is great writing practice, provided that the test contains a written component that you can use for practice. The advantage of doing writing test prep from a test preparation book, website, or app is that you will be forced to inject structure and some level of analysis into your writing. These two traits are universal among educated native speakers of any language. Both books or websites may contain reading passages that you must analyze before providing a response, or they may provide a topic that requires you to do some research before you can formulate an answer. Either scenario will be beneficial for improving your writing at an advanced level. For some languages that are widely spoken, like Spanish, it will be very easy to find these types of materials online or in print. There are so many students in the U.S. that speak Spanish that in some cases, certain standardized academic tests like the General Education Development, GED test, are offered completely in that language. However, if your language is less common, you may have to look harder for educational materials that have been produced for students in that language. Luckily, you can easily find and probably order these materials online with a quick search or visit to a website in your target language and take advantage of any writing prompts or information provided there. This will allow you to practice reading and give you greater cultural insight into how a country that speaks that language organizes their educational materials in addition to providing writing practice. And yeah, I, I actually did this. I, a couple of years ago, I decided to get my GED in Spanish. So the GED, like I described in the reading just now, it's a general education development test. And it's a, it's a stand in for, uh, it, it has the same value as a high school diploma. So it's meant for people who had no opportunity to go to, to high school, and then they can kind of learn general knowledge and earn that earn that certification. So I wanted to do that in Spanish to kind of make myself stand out. I was working, I wanted to work as an interpreter at the time. So I figured having a GED in Spanish and English wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad thing. So uh, it was tough. The tests were difficult. Um, of course, I had to do all of the components. There was a history component, there was a language arts component, and there was also a math component. And given my math background, that was actually the easiest part for me. But the writing, I remember the writing was actually very difficult because you had to write, of course, in Spanish and uh, it was under time. So you, that was really, that was a test of my writing, so to speak, you know, like it, 
that was a true test. And that's why I talk about um, taking tests. And I'll talk about this more in a future episode about taking tests in all modalities and how to go about that. But for writing in particular, your test is can other people understand your writing? That's, that's the ultimate test. You know, if, if somebody can read what you wrote and, you know, even if there's little mistakes, then you're you're probably doing OK. So this was just one way. There's tons of different ways to do it. But uh, testing yourself is is a good is a good start. So let's get on to the things to avoid section for advanced writing. And there's only one, actually. It's not receiving feedback. Just like with speaking, it is easy to develop bad habits with writing, especially if you have mostly practice in isolation from any form of feedback. I know, right? I know writing can be very personal to some people, but if you want to improve, allowing someone else to review your work and provide feedback is the best thing you can do to improve your writing. There are multiple websites like italki, LinkQ, and many others that allow you to submit writing samples and receive feedback from native speakers. If that seems too intimidating for you, consider seeking out someone that you trust like a tutor, teacher, or close friend that knows how to write in the language to give you honest and gentle feedback. And I think that's the only place you're going to go wrong at this level. If you're really wanting to improve, if you're really needing to improve your writing because you've applied for some position and there you, you have to be able to write in the language, it's, it's a requirement, then you're going to have to uh, kind of get over the, the, you know, just, I know writing can be private. I know how private some writing can be. You know, this is coming from somebody who kept a journal for over 14 years, never did anything with it. You know, I, I just kept the journal. I would just journal, not every day, but I mean, pretty often. And then obviously somebody now who's written a book, who's writing another book, who's published a blog. So I've kind of gone that whole spectrum in my life from the kind of, oh, you know, this is a very private affair. I don't, I don't want anybody to see this to, okay, let me put my stuff out there. So it is a mentality shift. It is a, it requires a lot of vulnerability to, to um, put your ideas out there. And even if it's a basic thing, even if it's something like the Tower of Babbling, obviously this book is nonfiction. Um, it's just about language learning. It's like, I, let me just say this. I, I know there's a culture out there, you know, the whole cancel culture and things like that out there today. That's very prevalent um so it can be it can make you fearful to put any type of ideas out there that other people might find contrary and, and let me tell you everybody's gonna find something you know there's always gonna be some you know some haters or something <laughs> i'm just I'm just thinking of, anyway there's gonna be there's always gonna be somebody out there who just doesn't it probably doesn't like your work you know or doesn't agree with what you're saying or doesn't agree with your point of view or whatever you know like there's a lot of that today and, and and it's unfortunate that it's so prevalent that it scares people into not expressing themselves and it, this is perfect topic to talk about it in an episode about writing because writing is definitely especially at the advanced level to where you can start expressing some of your opinions in written form in your target language and it, you're it can be intimidating to do it because you don't want to get canceled. You don't want to get looked at as that that guy or that girl or that person that that has that viewpoint or whatever. And, and I've and I've had a couple of uh, instances like that on this podcast as well, to where 
you know, I've said a couple of things and I've had, I have a few opinions, obviously, um, that are mine and that uh, other people have not agreed with. Uh, Maybe you don't agree with it. I don't, I don't know. But I think of it this way. I'm like, there's probably a lot more people who uh, agree with what I'm saying or are interested, at least in what I have to say than people who don't, you know, and maybe the people who don't, maybe they listen to one episode and then they go somewhere else. That's their prerogative. You know, that's the beauty of the times we live in. There's, there's pretty much something for everybody out there, no matter um, who you are, what you're into. So um, I'm going to stop preaching because I know it's, here we go. I see the clock running and okay. But my point is, don't be afraid to put your writing out there. And I'm going to tell you, you need to put your writing out there. You, you know, you can't, you can't put this off if you really are writing at the advanced level. Like you, you should consider at least putting something out there. So let's transition to talking a, a little bit about culture. I'm actually not going to read the entire section of this culture because, like I said at the beginning, a lot of it is uh, very similar to uh, the what I talked about in the advanced listening episode. The title escapes me at the moment. You know, I come up with these titles and <laughs> I have to see a list of them to remember what they are. But um, let me talk about a culture a little bit. Uh, studying culture. You have no doubt picked up some of the culture of your target language at this point, but now you should begin to pay more attention to it as an advanced learner. Culture and language have a close relationship with each other. A change in one can often be seen in another, which contributes to the evolution of language. With the rapid advancement of technology and the widespread use of the internet all around the world, which began in the first two decades of the 21st century, the lines between certain cultures became increasingly blurred. The result was that many cultures influenced each other, thus their languages changed too. That's still ongoing, of course. Now that it's not now it's not common to hear certain English words with Japanese pronunciation in Japan. Words like supa for supermarket or depato uh, for department store are widely used in Japan. Changes in social trends and technology can also influence culture. For example, in English, the word selfie or blog were not widely you were not widely known or used at all 10 or 15 years ago yet the spread in popularity of technology has made them common words today similar evolutions are occurring every day around the world in many languages this most likely includes your target language as well right now it is easier than it has ever been to become familiar with the culture of your target language most of the time, a quick search online will lead you to videos, blogs, magazines, and other materials for you to read, watch, or experience in your language. For more suggestions on expanding your cultural horizons, read below. And I, I just have some things here. I talk about, uh, first suggestion is to watch documentaries. I mean, I documentaries, some people find them boring, and some, I'll admit, some of them are boring depending on you know what they're about and how they're presented, but... They're really great for really deep diving into certain historical events from the perspective of uh, native speakers, because if you find it in your target language, then you're going to learn a lot. Uh, next is to watch series in your target language. So when you watch series, and I, mentioned, I know I mentioned this in the listening episode, but when you watch series, 
the culture is always prevalent, you know, especially if it's recorded in the target language. So pay more when you're thinking culture, pay more attention to those cultural nuances. And I have some suggestions, you know, questions to ask. Here are some questions that you can ask. What are the motivations of the characters? What do they value? How are those values different from my culture? What themes seem prevalent throughout the series? What are the sources of conflict in the story and how are they resolved? What brings the characters joy? What culture-specific activities do the characters engage in? How are those activities similar or completely different as compared to your culture? And I think of, you know, watching Chinese dramas. I watched, and over the last year, I watched at least 10 different Chinese dramas. And um, I've learned a lot about Chinese culture and kind of what they value and how they just kind of see the world and how they see themselves. And I think that's that's very important to understand because if you've gotten this far in a language and you're planning on going even further, you know, not just writing, but with everything, then you're going to be spending a lot of time with native speakers of that language, or at least you intend to, right? You're, you're kind of playing for the big leagues. You know, you want to maybe live over there or you want to travel extensively or you want to work in a community where the prevalent language is your target language, I'm assuming. So knowing something about how they think, not just, you know, the language, the, the mechanics of the language are important. The grammar is important. Vocabulary is important, true. But when you know how they think, or how they see certain things, or how they see themselves, that makes it even richer, your experience with the language. So that's why I talk about, uh, I think, paying attention to culture is important. Then I talk about reading articles or books in, about historical and current events in your target language. And uh, we talked about documentaries, of course, and when you think documentaries, you think history, you know. But current events are definitely just as important because they shape you know, how that language evolves, how those people evolve, what they're experiencing. Um, you can get a lot from current events. So this goes back to what I was talking about reading the news and back in the Reading Rainbow episode, reading the news and staying kind of current for uh, speaker areas where your target language is spoken. Pretty important, I think. Um, of course, this isn't really an option right now, but traveling abroad, you know, traveling, uh, making an effort to travel uh, and go to the place where your language is spoken is is a fantastic way to get there. I go with fantastic again. Is a good way to get exposure to the culture, you know. And it's not always possible. And I talked about this in in the the speaking episode, the listening episode. You know, I mentioned it in the plateau episode. Uh, traveling is is just great to. It does a lot of things for your language learning, but. Right now, of course, with the pandemic going on, traveling is is uh, it's not really on the table for a lot of people. But in the future, hopefully, when things open back up, then maybe consider planning that first trip. And then the last piece of advice was don't just go overseas and stay in the fancy resort and go to the tourist hotspots. And I put that in there um, because, you know, I, I, I kind of tend to go back and forth. My wife's always giving me giving me grief because she is the one of us that you know she loves to like do everything see everything when we go on vacation i'm like man we're on a vacation we need to be sleeping relaxing or something you know i want to do stuff but i mean it's definitely we have to have that balance <laughs> uh, but yeah sometimes i we both do enjoy going off the beaten 
path. You know, we, we both really enjoy finding kind of these hidden gems and really getting to experience the place where we're going, wherever it is. So I know it's hard, especially if you're used to or maybe you're a little intimidated, you know, like you don't want to go to this small town out in the country. You know, you want to just see the major hotspots that you looked up online. I get that, but um, it's going to be helpful to see how like non-tourist areas operate because then you're going to see really how the country functions, how the language works, and that's going to be so much more helpful to your language learning. Here are the quick notes for this section on advanced writing. Here are the do's. Do join a group forum online and participate. Do write blog posts. Do practice or take even if you want to, a writing test. Here are the don'ts. Don't neglect to receive feedback. And that's all the don'ts. End of the section. you enjoyed that reading of the advanced writing section in the tower of babbling and i just i had a thought when i was uh thinking uh just after recording a previous segment for this episode i you know i know at this level is i'm talking about like writing blog posts and you know putting your work out there but i understand like i said you know i understand how intimidating writing can be for some people and very personal it can you know feel like kind of an invasion of privacy to have you know people read certain thoughts that maybe aren't meant for other people that are just for you i encourage you to start small with your writing it you don't have to write a book you don't have to write even a whole blog post you know just just like i said back in the why write episode you can start with just small sentences you can just start with small utterances just paragraphs and then just kind of evolve from there and get get better and better and be willing to put your stuff out there more and more. So I know it's hard not to think about, uh, you know, the whole cancel culture and things like that, but, you know, it, I don't wanna say who cares, cause I know, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't wanna say who cares, cause I know like I care too. I, I don't want to put something out there and have people absolutely hate me for it or things like that but I also understand that there always are going to be some people that are just you know there you don't and you don't know what people are thinking you know you don't know if it's just they're in a bad mood that day and then the next day they would have been perfectly fine but that day they happened to find your thing and they didn't like it you know automatic dislike um, you don't know and it's not for you to try and guess what other people are thinking it's just your goal is to get better at this language you want to learn how to write better you want to learn how to communicate better using this target language then go out and get your practice you know don't let you know the potential backlash that's waiting out there for you uh scare you you know you're i don't know maybe you are someone of influence that is listening to this and it you know if you put out something that's weird people will notice but i i would argue that for a lot of us uh little guys and girls out there i don't think it's going to make too much of a splash if you put stuff out there because there's just so much content and things out there so um don't worry about it get your practice any way that you feel you best can get it and continue to grow in your target language i i, I want that for you and i know because i know how much work it takes to get better 
at writing. I mean, even in my native language writing, I feel like I'm still learning like, oh, that doesn't work together or this word. And, you know, I'm constantly looking up synonyms and antonyms and things like that as I'm working on my fiction book. So, I mean, I'm a native English speaker. I've been obviously using English and hearing it my entire life. So I'm still learning lessons every day. And that that's no lie. So continue to grow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tower Battling Podcast. If you want, you can please subscribe to this podcast on Google Play Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Um, and f- consider following the podcast if you're listening on Spotify. And if you like a copy of the book, you can go to the Tower of Babel. You can go to keithane.net and get a co- e-copy or hard copy there. And you can also follow me on Twitter at kh underscore way to lang. Uh, yeah, I think that wraps this episode. I think I, I did it. And my my goal is always 30 minutes. I, I swear it is, but uh, I busted again this time, but only by two minutes. So I'm going to end it there. Take care. Thanks for listening. And we'll, I'll see you next time. Hasta próximo.